I'm Bob Brill, and he's Eric Kramer, and welcome to Kramer and Brill, a podcast about fantasy football. Each week, we bring you analysis you need for your fantasy football team to make it the best it can be. And from me, Bob Brill, you get a half century's knowledge on the ins and outs of fantasy playing sports. And from Eric, you get the inside info only you can get from a guy who's been on the NFL stage. Top quarterback of the Bears and the Lions, Eric's up to on today's players and lends his deep insights to the game itself. Now, you won't find a better combination each week, uh, beginning on Thursday nights, and then we're going to switch it to Tuesdays. As soon as the season starts, we'll look at the players in each upcoming game, the trends and the insights, and uh, more than just, you know, who's got the better stats. For the first eight weeks, we're going division by division and analyzing the players in those divisions, uh, those teams in those divisions, uh, to get you ready for your fantasy draft. Uh, You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Lipsum, iTunes, and a whole lot more. And you can always find the link to the podcast by going to our website. That's KramerandBrill.com. And um, first, let me introduce uh, my friend to you. That is my friend and colleague and my co-host, of course, former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer. And Eric, uh, we're going to do the AFC South uh, today. And uh, we're, already, we're already into uh, the um, uh, uh, preseason. Yeah. Well. A couple of games already in. Hall of Fame game is in the books. And uh, guys are um, trying to make these teams and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, make the cut, so as it were. And those that don't make the cut end up on the uh, what we used to call the taxi squad. Sure. And uh, so, or the uh, CFL or wherever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and there's no a- AF. Uh, what was the, the, the there was a world the, league for a while arena league arena sure yeah and uh, we had the USFL and a whole bunch of different leagues uh, this year we had another league that failed the CBS league uh, that didn't last more than a couple of weeks and those guys got left hanging uh, some of them got left in cities where they had no transportation to get out of <laughs> so and didn't get paid but um, so the one thing that they would encourage uh, listeners to do is to really really follow the preseason games. Watch them, watch your notes, uh, check ESPN, uh, see who's uh, injured, who's not injured, who may be out uh, missing three or four weeks, who maybe did something off the field they should have done and get suspended for a while, because those are the important things as you get into your fantasy draft. So the first team we're going to take a look at today, of course, is the Indianapolis Colts, and that starts at the quarterback, and of course that is Andrew Luck. Coming back, he's had his problems the last couple of years with injuries. Um, what do we know about Andrew? Well, he last year, he was great. He was back to being Andrew Luck again with no injuries, uh, not coming off any surgeries or anything this year. So uh, I think he had a great year last year, too, for, I don't know, 4,500 or so yards and uh, 39, touchdowns. 39 touchdowns, right? He had probably his statistically one of his better years ever. And, you know, they did it with, you know, some issues up front. With the offensive line, they, but they also had, you know, some uh, Quentin Williams came in and played great as a rookie right guard and uh, left guard. And, you know, they've, they've got some promise. T.Y. Hilton's still an excellent receiver, and, and they've added some weapons, too. Well, what they do with the offensive line? How did they improve that there, did they? Well, I'm, uh, let's, I don't know okay. that they actually did this year, but Quinn, Quentin Williams, or Nelson, excuse me, last year played fantastic. Um uh, and I think the fact that, you know, um, getting Andrew Luck to stay healthy was huge. And they did not um, have probably the running game they were hoping for. And But Frank Reich, I think, did a great job as a play caller and, and hanging tough through a, a rough start to the season. And they came back and won nine of their last ten games and, and uh, 
again, did not have a ton of weapons. T.Y. Hilton was banged up for a little bit. Um, Eric Ebron had an excellent season at yeah, tight end. He had end. a great year. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it looked like the Lions, uh, they just kind of let him go. I mean, it looked like that was a mistake for them. And then he goes over to Indy, and he becomes the tight end that uh, everybody thought he would be. Yeah, you know, he became a, a good downfield threat. Had, what, 13, 14 touchdowns, I think, last year receiving. Well, you know, uh, one thing about uh, when we go to um, – the running backs, you, you mentioned that uh, the situation there, uh, they didn't have exactly what they had hoped for, but they got a couple of serviceable guys. Marlon Mack, I mean, um, is certainly serviceable, uh, had a good average, uh, scored some touchdowns, and uh, gained almost 1,000 yards. And, and uh, you also uh, also had um, uh, uh, Niam Hines, who had an okay year. I mean, both those guys are coming back. So uh, I, I think the running game for them should have improved this year. Uh, you would, give, give you would hope so. In career. fact, for Marlon Mack, they're going to have to. He's going to have to have a good, you know, solid year. Last year he had a good year, but he got hurt again. So he got hurt the year before, missed three or four games, missed three games last year. And I think for them to be uh, all in on Marlon Mack for the following year, he's going to have to go through, I think, you know, there's no such thing as going through injury-free, but he's going to have to not miss significant time, I think, for them to invest in him in the future. Well, you know, and you look at the uh, the receiving core. I know you mentioned uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton, and he's had a couple of really, really good years. I mean, last year was was a good year. I don't think his, it was his best year. I mean, he caught 76 passes, 1,200 yards. Uh, I think he's been better. You know, yeah, um, he's been healthier. Yeah, he was banged up last year. Well, and that's that's the whole thing with this team. It's like they can't seem to get everybody healthy at the same time. Right, and you know they like, but they did go out and uh, you know they drafted. Uh, they had a pretty good draft. It looks like they uh, they picked up Jack Doyle from Dallas with with a healthy T. Y. Hilton coming back, and I think they drafted a couple receivers as well. They brought in Devin Funches. Well, that's what I was going to uh, say. They brought from in the Carolina, up, yeah. who's you know a bigger you know, bodied type of uh, uh, receiver, and hopefully we'll give them another down-the-field threat. Also, uh, the uh, the other uh, wide receiver they picked up was uh, Paris Campbell. Uh, they, right, they, they drafted from Ohio him. State. They picked him up way high. They picked him up in the second round. Yeah, and he's got everything, hopefully, that, uh, you know, Andrew Luck can um, make use of. He's a tremendous down-the-field threat, got great speed, and that's the type of guy they're going to have to pair up with T.Y. Hilton I think to become dynamic, and of course, the, the more talent you have at tight end, and and with um, possibly Marlon Mack coming out of the backfield, that's going to provide uh, Andrew Luck more weapons this year. You know, as you look at Luck, uh, he's one of those guys that I mean, he was the number one pick a few years ago. Yep. And uh, coming out of uh, Stanford, right? He did. Yeah. Yep. And uh, this was a guy who everybody expected great big things from, and he came off like a house of fire, and then the injury started piling mm-hmm. up. And uh, uh, is he healthy enough this year to, uh, even based on last year's comeback, is he healthy enough to make that to the next level even higher this year? Is he that guy this year? Well, I don't know what next level means for him. I think he's already probably in the top Mm, I was going to say five, probably three to five quarterbacks in the league. And can he do what he did last year? Absolutely. And remember, he did what he did last year with really no huge threats on anywhere. I mean, um, they got to have weapons. They, you do. And he doesn't have anything near uh, what, say, you know, Philadelphia has or the Bears hope to have this year or. 
uh, Kansas City had last year with Patrick Mahomes. So, um, you know, I think the fact that they're coming into this season healthy now and if they can get a little bit of good fortune on their side health-wise, especially through the first, you know, five, six games of the season, um, you know, they already had a productive last year. They could build on that this coming year. And then there's that old guy, Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's still going to be around. What did he put up last year? 113 points? I mean, geez. You know, the guy's a machine. And, um, you know, when it comes to kickers, you always want to have somebody reliable. And Vinatieri's usually in the middle of the pack, sometimes maybe the top of the the, the, ha- the first half as mm-hmm. far as the kickers are concerned. and um, Hard to believe you can say that because he's 46. I know, I know. It, it's like George Blanda all over again, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And uh, the only thing is he doesn't play another position. So, But um, I, I'm liking Vinatieri again. I think, uh, you know, as kickers go, when you pick your kicker and everything, it's it's. Uh, I still like him probably the top five. Yeah, I mean, he you know, he – He's probably mm, probably the best clutch kicker still going and uh, doesn't miss big kicks, which, you know, fantasy owner-wise, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is just being accurate and hitting a lot of kicks. And, you know, he doesn't uh, – he does not disappoint. He doesn't miss kicks he shouldn't. So, you know, if you've got a kicker, you wouldn't hang around for as long as he has and been in as many big games he's got – He's the only kicker in NFL history that's got four Super Bowl rings. And who knows? I mean, that's this could be the Colts year this year. You go to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars after um, Leonard Fournette, uh, it kind of falls off drastically. And I want to start there because they're coming well, up we'll with We'll see about that, too. I mean, they got yeah. a pretty good quarterback yeah, this year. Yeah, you know, I, I, we always liked Nick Foles. Nick Foles has always been one of those guys. He, he comes in. He does your year. He has a good season for you. And then for some reason, you find somebody else and you ship him off to somebody else. Uh, he's, he's with another team. Um, he seems to work some decent magic. He mm-hmm. seems to, you know, be the guy. He, he, let's put it this way. I wouldn't consider him the fifth card in uh, uh, a hand of poker if you're holding four aces. He, he's, he's the guy. He's going to be one of the four aces. He may not be Leonard Fortnette, but, you know, um, he, he's going to be there and, and do the job. Well, fantasy, because this is a fantasy football show, I would rather have Nick Foles than Leonard Fournette. Really? I think, well, you know, I mean, Leonard Fournette's been an inconsistent uh, player for the last couple well, of years. Last year he wasn't very good. Nope. And he the year before he rushed for 1,000 years, but he's the type of running back that is going to have a very hard time staying healthy, which was his issue Actually, the last two years. Yeah. So um, he doesn't catch any passes. He, he's not a passer. He's a he's a very one dimensional, wants to run through you type of running back. And it's not like Herschel Walker was. That yeah, yep. But in in but Leonard Fournette doesn't have the sort of make you miss aspect to his running style. Mm-hmm. He goes looking for contact, and sometimes he that can you know end your day a little early on Sunday, and um, for fantasy owners, you don't want to see your number one running back go down if he's your number one guy. Did you uh, play uh, against uh, Herschel? Um, not that I remember, yeah. no. But I, I played with a guy that did a pretty good job in Detroit of never getting hit head on. <laughs> Barry Sanders. And, Barry. and uh, <laughs> they couldn't find him, much less hit him. <laughs> so I think, you know, so if you can... 
That's the thing with Leonard Fournette is he's – I think they want to commit to him. They want to commit to having a great running game. They've got him. Obviously, they got rid of Blake Bortles and brought in a much more uh, not only efficient but just a better quarterback and a more accurate passer and a, one with big play capability that can take some of the pressure off of Leonard Fournette, which may and should allow him to have a better fantasy-type year this year. You know, and uh, when you look at it, you think, okay, Fortnite's – leads a team in rushing. But the guy was only like 50 yards behind him, not even that much, was T.J. Yeldon. I mean... Who's not there anymore. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, just just the fact that your leading rusher and your second leading rusher were less than 50 yards apart and Fortnite is the guy that's supposed to carry your team. Yeah, that's... that's uh, when your guy is not playing a full season... Uh, as a fantasy owner, that's going to be, you know, you're going to have to be going back into the bag and searching the waiver wire week to week. And that's, as a fantasy owner, we all know that's not good. So, you know, not only they bring in Foles, who I think is going to really upgrade their their offense this year, but, uh, you know, they've got... Uh, Picked you know, up a ton of running backs. Well, they did. Dante Moncrief, of course, as a wide receiver. Yeah, he's gone. And, um, and he went to oh yeah, that's right, the yeah. losses. Yep, and then but they, like you said, they picked up Alfred Blue and some Chris Conley as a receiver was in Kansas City, and very productive there. But of course, he had Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Right. So, but I, Nick Foles is a very productive quarterback and, and can get the ball around as well. Well, you know, Thomas Rawls, uh, who they picked up uh, from Seattle, uh, had uh, had some decent seasons, and you know, I um, I always liked him. Um, and I always thought that, uh, well, he was in Cincinnati last year, but uh, we played in Seattle before that, if I remember right now. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, um, they, they did go for a lot of backup running backs, and nobody who is going to replace Fortnette, but they did pick up, uh, like you mentioned, Alfred Blue and uh, Thomas Rawls, and uh, also the, they, they grabbed um, Benny Cunningham, who was with Chicago last year. Yep. So, I mean, uh, they're thinking... Is what in that? Uh, just to have you got to have some experience. Uh, in case well, I think their thinking is we got work. a running back that can't stay healthy. When he's healthy, he can be very productive. But that's why they brought in I think Nick Foles is to be more. Uh, I'd say make defenses cover the entire field and not be able to load up the box on Leonard Fournette and give him some extra running space. And then if he does get hurt, of course they padded their wallet this year with some backup running backs that should be able to you know, fill in should he get hurt. And those are guys, uh, as fantasy, you're going to want to keep your eyes on, especially uh, on Tuesdays if uh, Fournette goes down. Um, you'll be looking at uh, those other guys who could fill that slot for the following week, maybe one, maybe two weeks, maybe longer than that. So uh, those are the guys you want to keep your eyes on are the backup running backs uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So let's go to the wide receivers. Uh, we're looking this year at um, D.D. Westbrook. And, uh, of course, Moncrief, we mentioned, is gone. Uh, and uh, we also have, um, uh, Chris, you mentioned Chris, Chris Conley, Conley right? um, uh, also Marcus Lee. Uh, what are we looking at there? Uh, enough to maybe make Foles a little happier? Or they, do they need some, somebody to step up and, from the outside? And there's more weapons this year. I think Chris Conley has proven he can, you know, um, be a, a very reliable, over-the-middle, even downfield threat. And... They've opened up their passing game, I think, to the point where they should run the ball better. And they've got, on paper, a tremendous defense that last year at times played well. But they weren't 
They weren't. Uh, they might keep teams out of the end zone, but they did not get a lot of sacks. They did not get a lot of turnovers, and they did not have a lot of game-changing type plays, which is what I think this defense needs to step up and make that be that kind of defense. When your offense is scoring, hopefully you've got a defense that doesn't just keep teams out of the end zone, but they take advantage of their team having to throw the ball a bunch and get sacks and turnovers. Uh, one of the guys you want to watch uh, as far as a dynasty uh, a league is Rockwell Armstead out of Temple. He's a running back they drafted in the fifth round. He's not going to start, uh, but he's in there with a bunch of other also-ran running backs, which means if he has a good uh, training camp or has a good preseason, I should say, and uh, is energetic and the other guys don't, there is somebody there maybe you want to keep an eye on to pick up in a later round in case Fournette does go down for a, a number of games. Could be a guy that might step in like the uh, the running backs at San Diego did the last couple of years. No and, doubt, and no doubt. And, and, you know, don't forget Cam Robinson's one of the premier left tackles in the game who got off to a great start, had a great first game, and then tore his ACL the second game. So there's another team that had lost some key players to, due to injury that, you know, starting off the year this year, they're all back healthy again. And as you mentioned, um, you know, when your offensive line is back sharp, your defense is playing well, and you're throwing the ball well, running backs can step in and have great games and great seasons too, especially, you know, some of these backups as you just mentioned. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans. You know, I look at the Tennessee Titans and I see nothing but talent and a hot mess. <laughs> I mean, th- this team is loaded with really s- potentially great players, and maybe that's the downfall. Maybe which, the word potential which, is, it, yeah, is, it means is nothing. Nothing there. So, um, you know, I think you can't look at the Tennessee Titans uh, this year or any year in recent memory where it doesn't fall on Marcus Mariota's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And he's got to step up. This is the year for him. They, If he doesn't come through this year and start winning some of the close games that to this point he hasn't, and they start winning games and being productive on offense because of him, then this is it, he may not return for the following year. Is that why they picked up Ryan Tannehill? Could be, yeah. I mean, I think Marcus Mariota is not the, he so far has not yet developed into the consistent um, passer that I think they hoped he would at this point. He was a second overall pick well, back in 2015 and, you know, hasn't developed into that. He's a dual threat quarterback, but he's more of a running threat than a passing threat at this sure. point. And I think Tannehill might be somebody that they can rely on to be more of that consistent passer. You know, I want to look at the the running backs on this team because uh, the running backs on this team are guys who have been around for a little bit. Uh, they got uh, Derek Henry, Deion Lewis. Uh, you know, I mean, we're just – they're not talking standout A number one guys at this point. We're talking guys who, you know, I mean, you know, Henry did gain 1,000 yards last year. And uh, what, what he ended up with, um, 12 touchdowns and uh, 1,059. Um, but yeah, he had a tough, I'd say, probably first half of the season, but then rebounded and had a strong second half. Uh, but obviously, like you said, they've got potential. Guys like Derrick Henry or, or the guy backing him up, you Deion mentioned Lewis. Deion Lewis, yeah. they got acquired from New England. These are guys that are going to have to make that next step um, as a group and start – 
you know, Derrick Henry has shown flashes of being unstoppable, but then he's shown uh, stretches, long stretches, of where he doesn't do anything extraordinary, which except you know, fall down. Well, it's <laughs> it, too easily, right? You know, um, one of the guys on this team I drafted in my um, uh, dynasty league and drafted him uh, number one overall, and I am just driven nuts by this guy. He is just driving me up a freaking wall. And that would be, or who would be that? Wide receiver. <laughs> Corey, Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yeah. And I, I think he does the same thing to anybody on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball in Tennessee as well. Well, it, this goes back to my, I guess what I feel about offenses in the NFL is you've got, you know, you think about Sean McVay or Andy Reid, or in Chicago, Matt Nagy, um, Adam Gase, I guess, to a degree. Some of these coaches that are dynamic offensive minds, they take players who might be average at best other places and make them into something special. Corey Davis might be just a casualty of playing in a offense that is not, you know, does not – is not predicated with a, you know, a, a great system and great play caller. And I think that's why they went for A.J. Brown, second round. I mean, A.J. Brown is just, you know, out of Ole Miss. It's just a stud. And uh, it would be great if Corey Davis came on strong and was pushed to the point where you had to have both these guys in the lineup at the same time. You'd have something like you, you had in Pittsburgh with, uh, um, you know, uh, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith. Right. Schuster. Yep. Uh, I, but uh, I don't know that Corey Davis is the guy that can be pushed to, to that point. I, I hope he is. I mean, I'm going to give him one more chance this year if I don't trade him. But, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, speaking of A.J. Brown, what, what do you think of this kid? Well, I, I've not seen him – I did not see him play in college. Um, uh, he's, I know, you know he's got great hands. Yep, and he's, you know, supposedly, you know, did well at the combine, and um, he's, you know, he's got good size to him. So there's every reason to think he can develop into, you know, uh, maybe a, a big type of downfield threat. But then – you know, as we talked about, Marcus Mariota's got to step up and start making the throws that matter in keeping drives. They're not all just going to be home runs. You've got to make tough third-down throws into tight, covered windows and keep the chains moving to get yourself a chance at another set of downs and potentially a big play the next series. So, you know, hopefully A.J. Brown can fill a void there. They've also, don't forget, Delaney Walker's pretty good tight end. Took the words out of my mouth. I was going to go there next. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so, again, they picked up Adam Humphreys uh, from Tampa Bay and who had himself, what, 76, 75, 76 catches last year. So uh, they're, I think, trying to make the moves um, to give Marcus Mariota, you know, some more weapons. Uh, Taylor Luan's going to be back. He got injured a little bit last year as an offensive lineman. Uh, so they, you know, I think they have a good chance offensively at turning – some things around next year. I like Delaney Walker and always have. Uh, I think he's probably one of the better receiving tight ends in the league. I think he's a better downfield threat. Uh, and he he was injured uh, was a couple of years ago and it just, you know, kind of fell, fell off a little bit. But I think Delaney Walker is one of those guys that is way overlooked. 
Uh, maybe not so much in fantasy because I think fantasy owners uh, keep them in the maybe the, the top half of the of the draft picks as far as tight ends go, and tight ends aren't the most important part of your game anyway. But um, they are important if you you know if your other guys aren't you know stepping up and you've got a good tight end, it can help make the difference in a win or a loss. Well, Delaney to me, Delaney Wonka would be a tight end worth taking if you think Mariota is going to you know be an efficient runner. Which, it, which helps their passing game because a lot of play action comes off of that. And the tight end's the recipient of a good running game. So the guy that can, if you can run the football, Derrick Henry can get, you know, teams threatened and get in the red zone, and then you've got great play action, throw Delaney Walker for touchdowns. That's a, He's not going to be a great fantasy tight end because he's not going to get up there in the 75, 80 catch range. Uh, their leading receiver is going to have that many yards, hopefully, or that many catches. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but Delaney, I think, could get you touchdowns, and which could be valuable to your fantasy team. I think that that's where we're going with that, as far as Delaney Walker is concerned, because he usually does score a few touchdowns. I mean, more than you know the average tight end. Houston, Texas. Now, I think to me, this is the class of the division. Could be. I really do think that. Uh, I mean, uh, the, everyone's looking at the Colts as being the you know the team to beat in the AFC South this you know, year. I, 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 but I they themselves got beat in the playoffs yeah. by the Texans last year. I, yeah, I like the coaching staff. Yeah. I, I, you know, I re- really do. I mean, uh, well, I, I think uh, we we start there, and I know that's one of your fortes. So, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the coaches here? Well, you know, Bill O'Brien, of course, is probably the. I don't think people associate him and even know that he coached for Bill Belichick for a while. And he's still alive and kicking, and he's the play caller with the Texans. And I think his, you know, they've been very, I think, um, with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, they've been very pleasantly surprised, if if surprise is even the right word. I think they've been excited and uh, about what he's delivered, especially last year, mm-hmm. as that dual threat quarterback. He's Lamar Jackson, but more accurate. And he already has accurate. major injury. Hopefully that's it, you know, yeah. the second year. Yeah. He, 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 but that was the year before. That's what I mean. So, so he, hey. got, he got hit around, he got sacked more than anybody else in the NFL last year, kind of like, you know, the Texans' original quarterback, David, David Carr. Carr. <laughs> you know, um, didn't have that many sacks, right. but well, he was more mobile than David Carr. Mm-hmm. But, that's, but then you were more mobile than David. Well, Carr, I so. mean, if he, you know, the, <laughs> the, the key to not getting hurt, you know, or not—I shouldn't say that—the key to not getting sacked a ton is to read coverages and anticipate throws. Don't get caught holding the ball in the pocket, trying to make a big play when there's a little play right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with throwing to the back on rhythm and in time and getting four, five, six yards out of that. And that's that's what you know a lot of pro offenses should be. When we look at Deshaun Watson, the fact that he is that extra running back. I mean, uh, what what did he run rush for last year? I just yeah, curious. like five hundred yards, yeah. I think. I and mean, five you know, touchdowns. So, yeah, and uh, you know, so he is you know the other running back threat back there. But they don't. I mean, they do have some pretty decent running backs back there. Uh, when, when, when you look at, uh, was it uh, Jordan Thomas and uh, uh, Lamar Miller, these guys aren't, and A.J. McCarron, these guys aren't slouches. You know, well, they're not guys that are going to, you know, maybe in a single back offense where they're the featured back, you know, maybe they're going to, you know, gain 1,000 yards. But either way, these guys are not those types of guys where they're going to get you 1,200 yards or something like that, at least on this offense. 
Well, Lamar Miller is probably the closest thing to the guy that's going to get 1,000 yards, 1,200 maybe. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, it's their running game with Deshaun Watson as the quarterback that that's how things open up. So the 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 fact that they're going to run the ball most likely for – they're going to probably get into that 1,600, 1,700-yard rushing category, but it's not going to be all one guy. Um you know, and, and that's the beauty of having a quarterback like Deshaun Watson last year threw, I think he's the only quarterback, right, that threw for 4,000 yards and then rushed for 500 in the same season. It's an amazing guy. You know, where would you put him? Obviously, we have Mahomes. We have um, uh, Deshaun Watson. We have Aaron Rodgers. And um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Drew off Brees. The Drew Brees. And, yep. and, and where, would you, where would you put him in the top ten? And if you had to put. Deshaun Watson in the top ten. Again, if remembering that a run, a, a, and if, if a running back, if a running quarterback always has a chance of going down for a substantial number of games, and he's going to be your number one stud, where would you put him? You know, I would. I don't. You know, don't forget your guy Roethlisberger and Trubisky and some of these guys that. Um, you know, I I probably put Deshaun Watson around maybe eight. Eight-ish, mm-hmm. you know, made the Pro Bowl last year, rightfully so, and they won what eleven games, I think, and so yeah, they're going to be, or and he is going to be a, an excellent fantasy pickup this year as well. Yeah, I think so too. That's why I'm hanging on to him. <laughs> <laughs> I got, um, we're allowed to keep nine this year. Great. And my three quarterbacks, I'm keeping are Ben, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Carson Wentz. That's and I'm not sure about Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz because I – What, what aren't him. you sure about? Yeah, well, no, just the fact that, you know, he – He's the other Pennsylvania team and they're yeah, you know, I, like I don't know. You know, it's just like he had the off year and – but we'll get into that next week. But uh, the thing about him, I, I do like him and I got to keep him because I made some major trades. And that major trade involved this next guy we're going to talk about that I gave up to get Carson Wentz and also Ezekiel Elliott. And that is DeAndre Hopkins. You did what? Yep. I oh traded. Oh, my God. I tra- <laughs> it was a major trade. I gave up DeAndre Hopkins, but in the trade I got Ezekiel Elliott and Carson Wentz. Right. And another draft pick and another player that uh, I had to use for a suspended player for like five games. Well, and, the, okay. the, and I won the division that year. So Okay, well, I'll try not to make you feel too bad, but there's not <laughs> a better lo- receiver in his league than DeAndre I Hopkins. Know. I love DeAndre Hopkins. I, I drafted him as a rookie. Wait till you see DeAndre Hopkins play. Number 10 is going to burn everybody, and he did. And he did. And, and it, then I mean, somebody got he, rid of him yeah, for some I, reason. Well, I also have Beckham. So <laughs> I have Beckham and Schuster. So, I mean, you know, I absolutely don't really need this guy, and I needed – uh, Zeke Elliott because um, Le'Veon was going to sit out, and I've got both those guys down. Well, so. if I if I remember what I heard the other night when they were talking about the NFL top 100 players, mm-hmm. and they got to Jenner Hopkins, he's the only receiver I think in the NFL history last year to have in his 115 catches. Guess how many drops he had? No, no, zero. Really? Wow. Yeah. So he's, you know, I mean, there's no catch he can't make. And I love watching the guy in in traffic, over people, over three people. It doesn't matter. And when you've got, you know, that type of playmaker outside, remember, they're going to get Wolf. What's his last one? Wolf Fuller. Fuller He was hurt a little bit last year. They'll get him back. And, um, you know, and they've they're just going to DeAndre Hopkins 
with a healthy Wolf Fuller on the other side stretching the defense is going to be having incredible. He already had inc- he has incredible every year. Yeah. Next year is going to be just the same. And, and you know he gets yardage. I mean, it's not like he d- you know doesn't. He gets uh, everything. He gets yardage. Know? He gets I mean, touchdowns. He gets yeah, on he, ESPN highlight yeah, reels. Uh, Thirteen yards of catch, eleven TDs last year. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, even if you're catching 115 passes, 1500 yards. You know, uh, I, I, no, I'm, I'm all, all with you here. And, and sometimes I regret the fact that I traded him, <laughs> and then I have to remember I won the league last year. <laughs> I didn't win a Super Bowl then or a championship, but I did win the league. All so. right. Well, then don't forget that. Yeah, I, I, I won't. Uh, and looking at the re- the rest of that team, I mean, they've also um, well, look at Kiki Cootie. Yeah, the, the other receiver. He was banged up last year, but had some flashes before he got hurt. Of you know, if if the the three of those guys can stay healthy for a bulk of the season and all play together, that, there's not going to be a better three some receiver and core in the league. I don't think. And they they picked up uh, in the draft. They went, uh, I believe, it was the what the third round. Uh, Cahill Waring out of uh, San Diego State, a tight end, six foot six. Uh, I think they needed some help there, and I think they went out and got it. Uh, Jordan Thomas is good, but uh, you know. Uh, I, I think they they went to, to get that extra tight end to as they um, continue to build this team because I think this team is a really really I, I like them better than Indy I really do I think they they're, they're going to go further than Indy this year very well it could be I mean they're dynamic everywhere off we haven't defense. talked about their defense I, I know. yet so yeah they there's no reason the Texans cannot be maybe this one of the sleeper picks in the AFC this year to possibly get to the Super Bowl. I think uh, you're uh, pretty right on there. I, I think, uh, I th- I think, and you never know because of health issues and things like that, but uh, all things being equal, I think uh, they win their division. I think they go to the AFC Championship where they lose to Pittsburgh, but outside of that. <laughs> well, at least you're optimistic for your home team. So it's, uh, never, never give that up. Not going to happen, but at least you're optimistic. <laughs> Every, hey, everybody's got a perfect record on August 1st. That's right. And uh, speaking of that, uh, we are wrapping this one up, and uh, uh, it, I can't believe it just went this fast. Before, uh, I want to let you know that uh, you've been listening to Kramer and Brill, your weekly fantasy football podcast with former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer and award-winning sports broadcaster and fantasy football expert Bob Brill. Don't forget to join us next time each uh, Thursday night until the season starts for Kramer and Brill. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts, or you can find the direct link from our website, and that's KramerandBrill.com, KramerandBrill.com, and just go there, and we will, um, you, you'll find it right at the top of the page. You can click on the podcast link, or you can go to the podcast page and click on the individual link. So if you'll do that, uh, we'll, we'll love you for it. And uh, next week, we are going to take a look at the uh, NFC East. And we'll talk about Carson uh, Wentz at that point. <laughs> and we'll wrap it up the following week with uh, the uh, AFC East. Of course, the Super Bowl champion, uh, New England Patriots, as much as we don't like them. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, reminding you to come back for more fantasy football insights.